What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 176. Matt Castrina, Kyle Bennett, live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novig Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know. Got a lot to dive into tonight, but let's uh, kick things off with the big news that came down last night. The Eagles will not be getting Jalen Ramsey as the L.A. Rams trade for the best marketing ploy ever. Um, I think how he dropped the ball. I don't know how you feel about it because I know we both wanted Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think how he missed out on a prime opportunity to improve this team drastically, not only for this year, but for the future, knowing that Jalen Ramsey is only 24 years old. Um, he is four months older than your first round draft, or your first round draft pick this year is four months older than Jalen Ramsey, who has played four years in the NFL so far. Uh, what are your thoughts, takes, and everything on Jalen Ramsey? Would have liked to see him as an Eagle, I think is the most important thing. I, I think the biggest issue is that it's such a glaring weakness uh, coming into the season, the secondary. This is something we knew last year, and then coming into the year with the options that we had with Jane Lar- Jalen Ramsey still injured, uh, who's just now like starting to Jalen Mills. Yeah, sorry, Jesus, uh, Jalen Mills still uh, still injured, working his way back now, just finally getting like more updates on him. Almost but, a year later. Yeah, and you know you knew this was like a position of weakness, and if there's a guy this good available. I think I think you kind of have to move heaven and earth to go get him, and I, I think you can't say that this Eagles team either is like isn't in win now mode because it absolutely is. And I think if you look at the roster construction, this isn't like a youthful team. Like there's definitely, definitely. there's definitely Pete, like Carson is obviously young. I think you look at the running back situation and you have a lot of like promise there. You have some like defensive line guys that you you're looking for the future from the offense, but like 
a lot of like even skill position guys are either prime or post prime right now. A lot of defensive players are either prime or post prime. Like this, this is your moment. And yeah, you know what? Maybe it sucks. Like in three years, you know, if this this team is like eight and eight and you're missing a pick or you know you haven't been able to rebuild nice, but you know it feels even better is winning Super Bowl. Definitely. <laughs> and I, I think there's no clearer example that this team needs help than getting torched by Kirk Cousins. Um, and being like the most reboundy rebound game that Stefan Diggs has ever had in his life. Like, <clears throat> I don't think there could have been a better team and fan morale boost than landing someone like Jalen Ramsey this week. And the price is steep. Like, that's for sure. Like, it's not a, a cheap price. And I don't think anyone was under the illusion that you were going to be able to steal him because Jacksonville has no reason to move him. Right. They had um, all the leverage. And, you know, it's, it's a steep price. I almost wonder if um, the Jaguars are looking at the Rams zone thinking that's a. You know, if, okay. So if Jalen Ramsey's on the Rams or if he's on the Eagles, who do you think is more likely to win a ring with that kind of right. addition? And I wonder if Jacksonville kind of made that decision that, okay, like to them, the Rams' first round picks might be more valuable. Um, so maybe that's the gamble they're making. I don't know. We also don't know like what, like how far into talks the Eagles actually got with Jacksonville. We heard the report that how he was calling them every week to like, you know. Checking Which on it surprisingly or was confirmed this morning yeah. by Jason Kelsey on WIP. He said how he was literally doing everything in his power to uh, go get Jalen Ramsey. And Mike Garofolo from NFL Network reported that Howie Roseman just was not willing to give up two first-round picks. I mean, like, can you say he's wrong for doing that, though? Because, like, you know, we, just talk, we literally just said that half this team is on – either the again like the downturn of their career or is going to be in the next year or two like there's guys that you know are not going to be in this roster in three that's just football in general but right. you know a lot of the stars on this team are older and there is a young core there but if you are going to have to you know kind of rebuild on the fly while you still have someone like Carson like you're you're going to need first round picks it's just the fact of it and people point out that we haven't drafted well which is I think half true I, I think people especially like I think it's really unfair to grade Andre Dillard after like not even a quarter even of a, a season. Like, let's relax, you know, like before saying that he's some kind of bust or that how he can't draft. And while we've certainly had issues drafting, I don't, I don't think this, a, this isn't the Dolphins where it's like first round picks don't matter to you because it sucks. I feel like we've got good value in the draft for the most part. I don't think this has been a team that's woeful at it, like people are seeming to claim. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's it's a it's a difficult question because you you almost ask yourself like what's the likelihood of getting someone like Jalen Ramsey with those picks and it's honestly impossible to tell because you don't even know where those picks are going to end up but I, I I don't really blame Howie for not wanting to give up that much uh, draft capital um, on him I I do hope though that there's uh, someone lined up after this though like that's that's the big thing is how the Eagles kind of react from this because you know if you, if you want to chase Jalen that's fine. But there, there needs to be like a plan B here as to because this team needs help. Like you, we're not, we're not, we're not even make it to like eight and eight if if we don't get secondary up. Like we're not like I'm telling you, we're not, we're not gonna be Dallas if if yep. that's the same performance. You're not gonna beat the Patriots, that's for damn sure. Like who are you beating with that? Like you, you might not even beat the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> just being very honest. Like uh, this, this is a genuine problem. This team can't stop leaking points. Like every week is turning into a shootout. You would expect that scoring what you did against the Vikings, that should win you a game. 
You know, like the Packers scored 21 in the first quarter, barely even needed to score the rest of the way of the game to, to win. Like you, you can't, you, you cannot get into a shootout every week. Like it, that's just not, you're not the Chiefs. And even the Chiefs can't do that right now. Yeah. Like it's just, you, you can't win that way. You absolutely cannot win by, you're giving every team like a 22 point advantage. <laughs> like every week. If not more. And, yeah. you know, we look at, at Howie's draft since he, you know, took back over the team as as the GM, quote unquote, and uh, there's you know some hits. Obviously, Carson Wentz moved, uh, you know, Landon C to move up to get him. Isaac Sayamalo, I would say, is a win. You know, he's a starting player on your roster. Wendell Smallwood, gone. Uh, Big V was your starting left tackle in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's a very good swing tackle. Blake Countess was here, uh, then he was gone, then he was back, and now he's gone again. And then Jalen Mills still here been a productive player for a yeah. seventh round pick uh alex McAllister and joe walker were the final two picks of 2016 both of them no longer here you look at 2017 Derek barnett i think the jur- i think the jury's still out on him too you know I a lot of people want to criticize him i think he's a, a budding star yeah. for this team um sydney jones it's not looking great <laughs> um, i think we can be out on that one if we're being honest russell douglas i think the the book is still open yeah just because he hasn't gotten consistent. If I was betting, time. though, I would say no. Just because yeah. I, I think it feels like one of those plays where you're always gonna kind of be waiting to, to see something. But Mac Hollins, he's a, a special teams guy, yeah. uh, drafted in the fourth round. That's not great. Yeah, Danell Pumphrey just got drafted into the XFL. Uh, Shelton Gibson gone. Nate Gary has actually proven to be you know somewhat of a, a serviceable linebacker for this team. And Elijah Qualls also just got drafted into the XFL. Uh, and then you look at 2018, Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, Matt Pryor, Jordan Mailata, all five of those guys still on this team, a bunch of them contributing. Good to see there. Uh, and then this year's draft, obviously, is still you know an open book. But the fact that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Doug said today, the only way that he's really going to see playing time is if something happens to Alshon Jeffrey. That's not great. No. Coming from your head coach as a second-round pick, you know, that's a concern to me. So that that is an issue, right? And I, I think – but again, like, you read through that draft and, like, there's there's no, like, obscene misses. There's nothing in there that, like, you get, like – you get really upset about. I'd say outside know? of Pumphrey. Yeah, but, like, you know, what, out of four drafts? You know, like – I just feel like I feel like everything I've seen on Twitter, the reaction would be like, "Well, we don't draft well anyway." It's like, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> like, I don't. I like what team drafts well? Can you name me a single team that hits every single like? You know, it's it's a, it's always a little bit of luck. Like, it's just how it is. I think the only team that drafts regularly well is the Patriots, and they just do everything the, well. The Patriots, and sadly, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but I feel like they got, they kind of had like almost this this generational offensive line. Like Zeke Elliott was a no brainer. Right. I think Dak Prescott was like as we don't think he's great, right? But I think like value as a fourth round pick, value is good. We'll take that's that. a, that's a good value they, pick. They invested draft picks yeah. into that offensive line, and then they built the defense through the draft, and that's why this year they're gonna you know have some decisions to make because so many of these guys are pending free agents because they drafted them all. But like my point is, is that. You, that's two teams, <laughs> like you Fair. know, and I, I think again, like you're talking about that does not happen that often. Like you, you like this homegrown talent idea that like every single star that's going to be on your team, you picked and you got them all in the seventh round for absolute dirt cheap. Like 
no like it just things happen and it's not always necessarily even Howie's fault that someone doesn't pan out it's not even always the player's fault that they don't like it can be thousands of circumstances that lead to player development going wrong you see this all the time all across every single sport known as linear development like just doesn't always work the way you want so I I think everyone's saying that like we don't draft well I, I think is just leeching on to an idea that isn't very true I, I think we draft average to above average which is how most teams draft <laughs> like most teams have like a 50% rate like okay that was a good pick that was not great like I don't what do you and this isn't a team either that has routinely picked in like even the top half of the first round outside of Carson like which they had to trade up to even get yeah to. so like it's not the like, highest they pick I, I think was 14 when they drafted Derek Barnett so it's, it's not as if like this team is like missed lottery picks you know it's not like the Phillies where it's like you tanked for four years and this is what you have to show for it the like, last time the Eagles drafted in the top five was Chip Kelly's first year yeah. after Andy's you know abysmal swan song and they drafted Blaine Johnson so like but that's that's the thing right like this isn't a team that's been able to really get at like the top end of the draft to get like established blue chip guys those those players exist later into the draft but you know, if someone on Twitter can tell me how to identify blue chip draft prospects, uh, you should be working for an NFL team then, <laughs> because like, I, I I just I think people really underestimate the job that someone like Howie has to do, and I'm not like bootlicking for him here. I'm just saying like, the dude bought a Super Bowl. Like, I'm sorry, like that you automatically if you win a championship as a front office member, as a head coach, or as a player you like earn 1000 like bonus points and like you have to do a lot of work to undo that and i don't think him not trading for jalen ramsey is like oh i'm out on howie like sorry <laughs> like the, the dude has i we can okay so let's just say all intents purposes he's not a great drafter which i don't really necessarily believe to be true but let's just say that is his flaw his greatest strength and i don't think anyone can debate this is his business sense right the business side of football which includes trades and contracts and in salary cap like he is good at asset management so if he decides that Jalen Ramsey was not worth that second first round pick you know what, man I'm gonna trust Harry Roseman like sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with it like maybe in the moment we're not happy about it. and you know what he could be dead wrong on it we could be sitting a six months from now a year from now two years and be like that was a terrible decision should have should have spent it but you know what I think he has more than enough equity to say, I don't believe he's worth that value. And maybe he thinks he can get someone this year, next year in the draft, or maybe there's someone else that he wants to trade for that he gets better value on. I don't know. But I think people are really, I, I think the, the Vikings loss makes this even worse. People were already very like upset. And, and it put that much pressure on this team to go yeah. beat Dallas. I, I mean, but Dallas put pressure on themselves. Like, we're, we're talking about the Eagles and the pressure they faced. Dallas just lost three straight games. Mm -hmm. So they had complete control of this division. Could They could be sitting at worst 5-1 and one right now, 4-2, and two, have complete chokehold on the division right now. But they don't. And, like, all you, you tell me we can't go to Dallas and win? Because I think we can. Mm -hmm. Like, sure as hell can. Like, it's... And they're, they are, I would actually even argue, in a worse position in terms of, like, pressure. You're at home Sunday night, and you are you are flopping this season hard. You, you're telling me Dak is not feeling any pressure, Zeke's not Especially feeling Especially with the injuries they like, have, Amari Cooper not looking like he's going to play. Like, like, you're really telling me Dallas isn't facing this similar script? Like, we always, like, and I don't blame anyone for this, because if you, you follow the Eagles, you follow any sport, you're going to obviously pay attention and understand your team and kind of the the atmosphere around it more than you will other teams, but just take your brain and just think of you were a Dallas fan. I know that's difficult. I know it's <laughs> unclean thoughts, 
But just think about what you would feel like if you started the season 3-0, your biggest rival in the division that you know you know you're going to be competing for the title with and you know if you're able to just get a better regular season record than them you, you you're good starts out pretty slow let's just be honest that's that's how the eagles have started this entire year you start 3 and 0 slamming teams no one can stop slobbing you national media is just loving the cowboys the america's team is back and you lose three straight and now you have what is essentially, I think we have to say for both teams, a must-win game. I'm, In the national spotlight, no less. That's like it's that's such a cliche, but I think it's true because I think if you lose this game, I honestly, momentum-wise, for the rest of your season, like especially when you look at the Eagles' schedule going forward, the Cowboys have a really hellish schedule. I like I I'd be worried. Like if the Eagles lose, I'm honestly very worried, very worried. Like I think this team is resilient enough, but you're sitting at three and four. You just gave. An advantage to your divisional opponent and rival that that's, you're going to be going toe to toe with for this division. That's a tough scene, and you like the schedule gets worse. <laughs> you know, like yeah, the Eagles literally don't soften up until December, and then by then, I mean I don't want to be too pessimistic here, but it could meaningless. The you know? the nice thing with where that you're going to have to beat potentially have to beat Dallas at home just to like remove a, a tiebreaker. Like I, it could be the, rough, man. The nice thing with that schedule is. It's mostly divisional opponents, so like you kind of control what happens in a sense just by winning. Um, but I, I saw a take on Twitter, and I kind of agree with it. You look at the state of this Eagles team now after losing another game. No Deshaun Jackson. Doesn't look like he's going to play again this week. Uh, Jason, Peters, <laughs> Jason Peters week to week. Andre Diller's going to make his first career start. Does this 2019 Eagles team have 2019 Philly Syndrome? The one key offensive player goes down, McCutcheon, Deshaun Jackson, and the offense kind of has tapered off immensely. You know, they can't stay healthy, and they're they're underachieving from the high expectations that were placed on them in the preseason. Similar. I, I think the issue, and I think if you want to extend that analogy too, I think coming into the season with the secondary we did, you could say like uh, very similar to the pitching issues. I would say the one difference is, one, this Eagles team still has a large contingent of guys that won the Super Bowl. And then I've had playoff success. No one on the Phillies has playoff success. That's like, which sucks. I don't even want to talk about the... Like, I can't even <laughs> I can't even process baseball right now. I don't even want to think about it. But um, all our nightmares are coming true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's similar. It's similar. I, I, I trust this Eagles team more than I ever did this Phillies team, though, to pull themselves out of it. You know, like, I was honestly out on the Phillies in, like, July. I was like, right, this is not happening. <laughs> this is all over. Eagles, I'm still like, you know, you beat Dallas, and, like, I think this team could go, like, 13-3, and three, honestly. <laughs> like, who, who knows, right? But, yeah, if, like, if you're asking me right now to, like, you know, Phillies, say Phillies made the wild card, right? Or if it's like if Phillies win a wild card game against, say, the Nationals, or Eagles go to Dallas and win, who I'd feel like more just comfortable, like, attaching my life to, mm-hmm. I would honestly say Eagles. Just because I think the Phillies have no spine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the Eagles at least have heart. Like, the, the one thing you can say about the Eagles this year is they've not been blown out. Like, it's not, it's not like this team has been dead in the water and been like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like, every single game has been close and... We could be saying, like, after a 9-7 and seven season, like, you know, like, if that game goes our way, whatever. And I do worry so much about that Atlanta game, like, how much that's going to come back to haunt us. Like, there, there's these moments in the line, like, and, and you wonder if that's going to be what kills you. And it frankly probably is. But I just think, 
I think this Eagles team is still very resilient. That's why I'm not I'm not panicking too much. But I th- again, I think if they lose to Dallas, I just I like I don't know. Like three and four is such a difficult spot to come back from. And I was watching Red Zone, and they mentioned that uh, teams who go four and two have a I think is a 67 percent chance of making the playoffs based off like historical mm-hmm. data. And teams going three and three have a 32 percent chance. So already you're like. You really, your you really need to start winning. You, like this needs to happen. And again, like this is such a rough part of the schedule that I think even coming into the year, we probably like realistically looked at and said, "There's probably two losses in here." Like you already got one, <laughs> and it wasn't like, and and offensively too, it's so weird because part of me does feel like we have struggled offensively. Then part of me is like seeing that we put up like, I I feel like if you put 23 points and up every single game you should be winning most of those games. Like, I just feel like, I, I I don't, like, there's not the consistency, and it's not as fluid, and it's not as fun. That's for sure. Like, it's not as entertaining as we'd like, and it's not, it, but I still feel, we're scoring points. Like, that's the fundamentals of offense. It's not beautiful thing here, but, and we're certainly lacking some complexity and depth, but I, I don't, I don't even see that this is, I think it's solely defensive issues right now, because I, 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 Again, you can't win games when you're giving up 30 points every single game. Like that, like no offense in the league can do that. Again, like look at the Chiefs. They have the best, literally in my life, as watching football. They have the best offense I have ever seen. They can make anyone a superstar. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to end up being one of, the, one of, if not the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And they still can't get over the fact that they have a terrible defense. They're still they're getting beat at home two weeks in a row. With what I'm no sh- like no shade on Carson Wentz, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, we don't have a Ty- we don't have a Tyreek Hill. No, like we don't have a rejuvenated Lashawn McCoy. We kind of wish we did, <laughs> but like you know we don't we don't even have the level of offensive talent and like we have a I think a worse defense honestly. Easy. Like like I, easy. I I don't like. So how, how do you win games like that? <laughs> you don't. I think the only issue with the offense I have is that you you went and got Deshaun Jackson, which is great. You know he's still a very good player. Um, you know it's it's a fan favorite thing. You kind of bring it full circle, but the the failure to pay attention to the depth at that speed receiver position has killed this team now two years in a row. Yeah. You know, 2017 we saw Torrey Smith wasn't you know an, a world beater at that speed position but his presence and then his ability to draw those pass interference calls really opened up this offense for Carson Wentz and that's when we saw this team putting up consistently 30 35 points a game last year obviously Wentz starts off the season injured but Nick Foles is in there Mike Wallace goes down uh, a quarter into the second game so he plays a game and a quarter and then you have no speed guy on the outside completely changed the dynamic of the offense, and they couldn't put up those consistent 30-point games. This year, you saw game one. They put up 34 points in the first game against Washington. After that, they have yet to score 30 points, I believe, uh, unless they did in that Packers game. Um, But, you know, the the failure to that alone has caused a little bit of concern with me with Howie Roseman is just, you know, they have a bunch of these guys that play wide receiver that are slow, and, you know, the only speed guy on this team is Deshaun Jackson. And when he's out, there's nobody to really replace him. Nelson Aguilar, not a great outside re- wide receiver, can't track the ball. So putting him on the outside 
Nelson hurts Aguilar you. is a bum. I'm it, sorry. It hurts you more than it helps you. Um, you know, J.J. Ortega, Whiteside can't find the field. Can't catch either. Matt Collins looks lost out there half the time. Matt Collins, I like. he's a good special teams player, like we said, but I don't. And then you have Alshon Jeffrey. It, yeah, I mean, it's so just looking at uh, the scores, so 32 to 27. So you put up 32 points. You should win any game you score 32. Yes. Th- theoretically, you should be winning. Uh, 24-20 loss to the Falcons. 27-24 to the Lions, 34-27 to the Packers, 31-6 to the Jets, uh, and then lose 38-20 to the Vikings. Like you're hitting plus 20 every week. I, like I'm sorry. Team, like you know, like you, this team, we thought they were going to be like a you're, top five you're con- offense. You're conceding 27 points, 24, 27, 27, six to the Jets, 38 to the Vikings. Like, that one was the brutal one. That's that's brutal because. Literally, the game plan against the Vikings all year has just been like, well, you know, just they're not going to pass, and you know, you can you can nix that out really easy because Kirk Cousins doesn't even look beyond twenty yards; he can't see that far. And to the Eagles' credit, for the most part, they shut down the run on a, a yeah. run-heavy team. But the one thing they had to do was, you know, just contain, and they failed in so many aspects there. And this is a team, the Eagles, we thought were going to be a top-five offense in the NFL. Right now, in terms of you know points per game and everything, they're ranked twentieth out of thirty-two. I mean, I, I think I think Deshaun is partially to blame for that, right? Like, not blame, right? But like right. The, injury, the injury, the injury is is part of that reason. I I think too, like, you know, we we came in the season talking about a lot of the offensive weapons, and I think those still exist. I think we still have good weapons, but I think Whiteside has not been anything he's not been, he's like been no value Had the added. one notable drop against the Lions, and then he's kind of just been exiled yeah i like mac collins like nothing nelson died aguilar, last year nelson aguilar has just been he, 2017 like, was the anomaly year for nelson aguilar like he, his entire career with the eagles has just been riddled with just negative stuff like i don't want to like you don't ever beat up on a guy but like we know what he is like why? Like why are we pretending any different? Right? Like the the expectations for yep. him is just very low. And I mean, you're left with Alshon, who, yeah, I mean he's great, but you know you have that he can one only option. do so much. Yeah, I, I think it, it is an issue, right? But to me, like if you're asking me, the more glaring issue is the, because again, I think there's at least potential with this offense, and we know that we know that we know that they can score, right? And obviously Deshaun, if he can ever get healthy, which is at this point, we might be gunned for the season because, like, I I feel like this is not going away. If it is like hernia related, that's not that's not something that just fixes itself. You know, like that's I, I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't know when we're going to be seeing him again, and that's that's a genuine worry. But I I just think like defensively, like this this team you cannot win in January. If you're going to get laced, like like look at the offenses you're going to have to come against potentially in the playoffs, right? You'd like you're gonna go first of all the way the record is going you have to go on the road so you're gonna go to where Seattle and play like that San Francisco you're gonna play go, against that defense you're gonna go to New Orleans who also has a great defense too and is like let's be honest Drew Brees will be back on like a revenge tour like Green Bay in the cold potentially even Dallas Minnesota like no <laughs> you're gonna get torched Minnesota, who we think out of all of those you would say theoretically worst quarterback and therefore like quote-unquote, easier matchup for you, just torched you for 38. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look particularly difficult either. <laughs> no, that offense was moving more fluid than water out of a sink. It was stupid. It was like, 
<laughs> it's like the, the the late 80s, early 90s Niners. Like what? I that that is the much much more worrying part to me. They, like the offense, I think, is something that will come around, especially if like Deshaun is able to get healthy. I truly feel that that's something that. I, I have a lot of faith in defensively like we know this is an issue it was an issue last year I like that worries me a lot a lot and you know it goes to show you what this team is expecting because the linebacker depth on this team is not great and they cut Zach Brown after uh you know one hell of a clown week from him talks all this smack about Kirk Cousins goes out there plays terribly and then is in the locker room getting interviewed by the media and just shuts down any question about Kirk Cousins, and then the next day he gets cut. Uh, and then Derek Gunn from NBC Sports Philadelphia reported that his sources told him he um, Zach Brown was cut because he wasn't buying into what the Eagles were doing. I mean, he's coming from Washington. We should have expected that. Yeah. Uh, but Mike Garofolo, uh reported on Deshaun Jackson. He said, I know there is some hope that he can come back and play. Uh, for the Cowboys game, Doug Peterson has not ruled him out yet. He certainly could play, even if he doesn't practice. However, my indications or indications I have received on this one is that I'm not expecting to see Deshaun Jackson out there. So another missed game for Jackson, who clearly wants to be 100% and not re-risk uh, the injury when he gets out there. I mean, I don't blame him, of course, but it's just like the language around this is not good. Like, uh, you're talking... You're, you're you're sneaking up on a month and a half now, out with an injury. That's not played since week one. That's not good. <laughs> like that's just not, that's not like reading the tea leaves here. As someone who's followed the Sixers, I can tell when an injury is worse than they're leading on. And we know this Eagles team. <laughs> yeah. You know Jalen Mills finally Literally. getting back after almost a year. Uh, Darren Sproles last year. Was so I'm saying, don't be surprised if we don't see Deshaun for the rest of the season because like this this just doesn't sound good. And have them in injury, especially like, or at the very minimum until at least after the bye week. Which I mean, at that point, I'm not. Again, I'm not. I don't want to be too negative, but like, I don't want to say the season is lost at that point. But you're gonna have to win out, probably. Yeah. The way the just the way the year is going right now. This could all change if we beat Dallas, of course. By the way, like you know, a lot, a lot of this like mm-hmm. negative feeling that we all have is still hold over from the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, losing out on Jalen Ramsey again to another NFC team, making a big move for a defensive player that we could have used. I don't know, a little rough. Speaking of the Rams real quick, shout out to the homie Jamil Demby. Has a real shot to be a, a starter for that Rams team with uh, their left guard, Nopum, being done for the season. So shout out to him. But uh, Jalen Mills finally gets cleared. He's in his 21-day window to be activated to the active roster. If he plays this week, as much as people want to bag and talk shit about Jalen Mills, I think this is huge. Because I mean, literally anybody. You know, right now. Our, our buddy John Barcher talks about you know being a wide receiver and a corner in the NFL. You need to have like that swagger and that mental toughness. And Jalen Mills has just that. You know, he might get burnt on a route, but he's going to go back out there, and in his mind, he's going to beat you every single time. That's why he does his finger wag. That's why his hair's you know dyed green. He is going to, I think he's going to bring a, a swagger element to this secondary that's been lacking the entire season. Confidence is very important in sports. And I think uh, he certainly has boatloads. And I think plenty to share. And I, yeah, I, th- I think, I think anytime you get someone back from injury, it's, it's a good, it's a good boost, you know, just having them around, like involved with the first team again. And yeah, I, th- I think that could be, uh, that could be big for the Eagles. But I don't think you can overstate what an important game Sunday is I, for both teams, honestly. Like the, I, again, I don't want to be too like hyperbolic because it's still like technically early in the season, but 
I think this is the, the We're year. At the halfway point. I think this is the the season right here. Honestly, I, I think whoever loses this game, I I genuinely don't know how you really come back from that. Because if it's the Cowboys, you lost at home to a divisional rival. You choked a, a three like a three game lead on them. I, like, Cowboys would then go to three and zero in the division. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, trade deadline is about two weeks away. Seems like it started yesterday. Marcus Peters got traded to the Ravens for literally pennies on the dollar. Uh, Jalen Ramsey obviously got moved. I don't know what could potentially happen. You know, with uh, this Eagles roster come trade deadline time, Patrick Peterson's a name that's been floating around. Uh, Robbie Anderson, although I don't know after his performance he had with the Jets on Sunday, if he's an option, you know, to fill in at that speed receiver position, huge. Um, Chris Harris Jr. is another corner name that's been thrown around. This team just needs to do something. Yeah, like this. Bring it back to the Phillies analogy. We can't be uh, can't be searching at like the the dollar section at Target here. We need to be going to the the big boy sale. We need go over we, to the electronics section. Yeah, we we need to be bringing home a Nintendo Switch, not a new chalkboard. Like we need. To, we we need something good here. Like yeah. I'm tired of seeing Craig James playing cornerback for this team. And the fact that Sidney Jones was benched for Craig James in that Vikings game is highly alarming. There needs there needs to be action here. Like I I don't it can't be a Philly situation where you kind of walk away from the down and be like that's it. Okay, well there there needs to be like a statement of confidence. I think, um, and we'll see if we get it. I I have to feel good that we can, but who knows. Honestly, who knows? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Mike Garfolo also said that uh, with the Jalen Ramsey trade, the only way Howie Roseman was going to give up a package like that was for a Khalil Mack-type pass rusher. I mean... Because that's what the team values more. They value the, the, the lines and the trenches more, so that was going to be the only way that we would see multiple first-round picks being moved. If there was some sort of defensive end or defensive tackle uh, at a Khalil Mack caliber available. And I don't think he's wrong on that either, by the way. Like, listen, like, Jalen Ramsey is good, but, like, we have these cycles literally every two or three years with cornerbacks like this. And and we talk about them like they're, they are the best player. And Jalen Ramsey is in his window now, but, like, there's no guarantee that even a year from now, like, I know he's young, but, like, again, you, like, Josh Norman, <laughs> like, he's irrelevant now. Like, part of that is because he's on the Redskins, but, like, no one thinks about him anymore, you know? Like, I remember those with Namdi. <laughs> like, Granted, we ruined him. Sure, but, like, that's my point is, like, yeah. this is, like I feel like cornerbacks especially because, like, that. I think that Darrell is... Darrell Revis? Gen- yeah, like, he does sports betting commercials now. And he's like, what, he's 22? <laughs> like, but cornerback especially, I think, is one of the most athletic positions in all of sports. I think, Easy. I think the... Just down to even just the biomechanics of that position are so insane that you're like peak. Like people talk about running backs having a three-year shelf life. I honestly think it's very similar to cornerbacks. I, th- I think you burn through these guys like nothing. Asante Samuel, right, is like one of the only guys that I think I've ever seen played a dominant level for an extended period of time, right? Like, and he's that's rare. Like that just doesn't have. Like again, we just listed off guys off the top of our head that. Granted, Revis had a long career, but as soon as he moved to a different team, it was done. Revis's peak was with the Jets. Yeah, that's that, when Revis Island was, was a thing. That was a three-year window, right, or two-year window? Like, I'd say it was a little longer than that. But of like, I'm so. talking do, like where 
Rebus Island was a thing. Like this was like well known and like you you are and I don't think Jalen Ramsey's even on that level. I think Jalen Ramsey is good. I'm not saying that like you know he sucks, but I'm saying like I feel again like, part of that is probably because he plays in Jacksonville, which is like you're not gonna get a lot of national attention. The team isn't very good. Like outside of their uh, AFC like championship game, like not really a team you think about very much. But I, I like. Again, like, would you have even, would you have done that for, like, a prime Darrell Revis? I, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with Howie. Like, is that a position that is really game-changing? Khalil Mack is game-changing. Like, that is a guy genuinely that if you, you move heaven and earth to get, will he gets a strip sack every single game. Like, what the hell, like... Like, no one is matching that kind of defensive production. It's not fair to compare Jalen Ramsey to that because you're, like, A, it's apples and oranges, and B, I think Khalil Mack is one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. But, like, you do, you have to look at the value and, like, are you overpaying and for what? Like, a guy that you could, again, not that we've had a great success rate, but conceivably you could draft with one of these picks, right? Like, it's a potential that you could do. And maybe you need to cash in on that and get known talent, but I, I, I just... That's where I fall. You know, I in these next two drafts where the Rams gave up a 2020 and 2021 first-round pick, I don't see, you know, where we would be drafting potentially where we're going to draft somebody as good, if not better, than Jalen Ramsey. And that's, like, that's a fair opinion. Like, I don't... I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, kind of almost thinking out loud about this whole thing because I think... It's almost like one of those things where like people react a certain way so much that you're like you start thinking the opposite. You're like, okay, well, this is getting kind of annoying. Can we think more positively about this? And it's like, you know, like do you honestly think Jalen Ramsey like changes this defense that much? I, I like I'm yes not, and no. Like he he's one man. <laughs> like I don't like he's not. I don't think he's that he's that transform. Again, I don't want to downplay his ability because he's a great player, but I do not think he's that transformative of a player. I, I like I genuinely don't think like it, if Jalen Ramsey was the one to fix every single issue in our defense, I'd be amazed. Just genuinely, but I, I don't I don't know that he's a guy. I think you need multiple players. It's like the again extending the analogy. It's like the Phillies pitching. We go and throw in at Garrett Cole. Sick. We still need three other guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I think I think adding Jalen Ramsey would have helped. Yeah. Immensely. Um. But this team also needs help at the pass rushing position because they're still failing to, you know, create pressure on the quarterback. Um, but, you know, I think adding Jalen Ramsey's just presence alone would have helped the pass rush because that kind of shuts down half the field where Jalen Ramsey's going to lock down your number one wide receiver for your opponent. Um, but he's in L.A., so we'll see what happens. A lot of people are speculating just because of the cap hell that the Rams are going to be entering who knows what happens with Jalen Ramsey after this fifth-year option if they're even able to re-sign him. So he could hit the free agent market because they're paying Aaron Donald. Jared Goff's contract kicks in next year. Um, you know, there's a bunch of young guys over Jared there Goff, that uh, are going to handicap that Rams team from really adding talent, and I think that's why they went after Jalen Ramsey right now. Is Jared Goff the Tobias Harris of the NFL? Like, who the Ooh. hell were the Rams bidding against? I'm not that... I think Tobias is, like, if you're talking about ability, he's the better basketball player than Goff is quarterback. But with Tobias, I don't know why the hell we paid Tobias what we did because I don't know who on planet Earth we were bidding against. 
Jared Goff, the same thing. I don't know who the hell the Rams are bidding against that they felt the need to get that deal done as swiftly as they did and given the money they did. I think they were betting against the Cowboys because I think they, they saw Carson Wentz get his contract done. And for what it's worth, Wentz and Goff have the same agent. So I think he wanted to get that done, and before but like, Jerry gave Dak I, this money that he's probably not going to get now. I'm just saying, damn. <laughs> like I loved Ryan's analogy, friend of the show, Ryan Jones. He said, uh, Jared Goff is uh, West Coast Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, well, Joe Flacco, did, he did make a Super Bowl. He did, with Torrey Smith. Yeah. Eagles... We'll, we'll dive more into them later in the week as uh, things, you know, continue to evolve and, you know, develop and everything. But uh, Philly's manager search, Matt, it's down to what looks like three names because Joe Madden was hired today by the Angels. on a Douche and a deal. turd sandwich. And- <laughs> uh, so of these three guys, Dusty Baker. Oh, sick. Great. Buck Showalter. <laughs> cool. And Joe Girard. Uh, great. Angry grandpa. <laughs> Joe Girard is the youngest of the three. Uh, and he's my guy that I want. I, have, I mean, out of those three, yeah. I've gone complete 180, and Joe Girardi is the guy that I want hired for this team. I mean, I'm not excited about the prospects of any of those guys. Mostly because you look at it, Joe Girardi has been rumored to multiple teams. A lot of teams are going to be interviewing him. Nobody else is interviewing Dusty Baker or Buck Showalter. And why is that's that, a, Kyle? That's a red flag and a half to me. Why is it, Why would no one else be interviewing I don't them, know. Man? Maybe because they're old and, uh, you know. Not good? Not good. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think Dusty is better than Buck Showalter. Dusty at least and is. And Dusty has, like has a, that connection with Bryce, which yeah. is, is a positive. Buck Showalter does nothing for me. You know, he, he feels like that stopgap. The Phillies do nothing for me. The Phillies are an empty <laughs> void in my heart. I'm so pissed off at baseball. I'm like Go so American sick. League, dude. I swear to God, if I have to root for the Yankees, that's in the what World I said. Series, I'm going to. That is my living hell. Like, dude, I could like honestly, there is no worse World Series matchup. There's no, nothing worse than a Yankees no, Nationals. It's terrible. It makes me sick. It makes me sick that I have to even think about rooting for the Yankees, dude. Oh my God! I pray the Astros. I pray. Game four of the ALCS got suspended today as we record this on Wednesday night, as we always do. But uh, game four, Zach Granke. Game five, Justin Verlander. Please, God. Please. Just if end you it hear there. me, let Jose Altuve just absolutely rip <laughs> these losers. Oh, George my Springer, God, dude. Mash them up. Honestly, like, if it comes down to it, like, I'm fully going in on Aaron Judge. Like, oh, I yeah. just, I'm going to have to do it. I like, think there's just no way. There's See, no way. And can't we, let it happen. We've talked about this before too. Even last year, this Yankees team is different from years past, where they're actually like sad to say a likable group. Yeah, yeah. It's not the like. It's not the guys we grew up watching that like we're winning all the time. We're just kind of like douchey. Like I'm sorry, Derek Jeter is annoying. Absolutely. I, like I've never gotten the only. He's, a tool. he's, he's a classy captain. No, he's not. He's a weirdo. Yeah, and he blew he's, up he's the Marlins. He's a sex pervert. <laughs> Absolute weird fella. Um, A-Rod, steroids. Yeah, like, come on. He's the most hate... He's the one of, if not the most hateable athletes of, like, my lifetime. Are you kidding me? He's, like, the easiest guy to hate. CC Sabathia. Still him. with the team. Hate him. Um, I hated Mariano Rivera. Me too. I hate, you know you know what he is now, too. He's a oh, white yeah. Oakley's white Oakley white Oakley baby. Yeah. Very proud of that accomplishment, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Jesus. 
can't do it. I just can't. I can't. Like it's, I, I feel physically upset. My hands are sweaty. My stomach feels like it's been flipped on. I swear to God, if the Nationals win the World Series, I'm never watching a Phillies game ever again. I'm just giving up baseball. Horrendous. They will never get my business. <laughs> Positives of baseball. We got. Is wish. there? Is there any? I gotta wish a happy 27th birthday to Bryce Harper. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for everything. Um, you Patrick Ewing the Nationals into the World Series. You left the team and they got better. Thanks. Na- Nationals fans are the worst. Dude, I like honestly though. Did you see the I video? I can't even blame them on this one. Hey, dude, like just flip flip the switch here and imagine like someone like imagine Reese defected to the Nationals and we went to the World Series and they missed the playoffs. Uh, dude, I would never shut up. I would never shut up about it. I'm not even talking about that aspect. I don't know if you saw the the video on Twitter when they were interviewing people in the street on their their local news. Somebody asked a quote-unquote Nationals fan how long he'd been a Nationals fan. Last week. And he said, today. I mean, hey. The absolute worst. You don't find many honest men in D.C., so that's... Valid point. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take what you can get. That's fair. They're the absolute worst. Yeah, no, I like can't stand burn the city to the ground. Bring back (laughs) eighteen (laughs) twelve. Oh man, Uh, but you know what? what That was a joke, not a terroristic threat. (laughs) (laughs) You know what does bring uh, joy to our hearts, Matt? The Sixers are a week away. Yeah, let's talk about a team that's actually good. Norvell Pell, (laughs) baby. Norvell Pell. Yeah. Coming out of the woodworks. What a garbage time performance. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at this team right now, I'm very excited. Just with how they're playing. Joel's casually just doing his thing in the preseason. I'm fully chuffed, as they say. Ben is, you know, continuing to troll media members about, uh, you know, questions about his shot. I loved his response today. Hey, you want to be a good writer, right? <laughs> cameraman, he wants to be the best <laughs> cameraman. fantastic. Love it. I hope he continues to do I it. I love salty Ben. Salty Simmons, bring bring that that more of that in my life. I, I, we are we're one week away. One week, one oh, week from tonight. Look at that. Our pals, the Process Potables, will be down at Wells Fargo Center doing a live podcast from the parking lot on opening night, and uh, we'll be here obviously for that. But uh, looking at this team, you know the the consensus over under of wins. I've been peeking a lot at this uh, lately. For this Sixers team, is fifty three and a half. I think I'd go over. I think I'd go insanely over. I, I would go like 56 seems fair for this team. I think the the one issue with this is, one, Embiid is not going to play more than 70 games, and he never That's should. Fair. Uh, two, uh, there's not as many bottom feeders in the East as there's been in years past. The Knicks aren't openly tanking like they are. Our division is one of the hardest top to bottom in the entire league. Like It's probably, it's probably a top three division in terms of like strength overall. Um, yeah, like you not like outside of Charlotte, you're not going to have teams really in the East that are that are buns this year, and that's that's the difficult part. You know, Atlanta even isn't going to be a team that you're just going to get, which we didn't get free wins mm-hmm. against Atlanta last year to begin with. But yeah, I, I think that's the one issue is that you're some of these bottom feeder teams, these easy wins aren't going to be there this season. And I think if you look even at the middle pack of the East, it's a little tricky. But the team is better. I don't think we've ever come into a, a season with a better starting five. Um, and a, a better bench either. Like that's this is all, uh, one through ten. I think is as good as we've ever had it. So that's that's a bright spot. And that's why I'd go over. But yeah, you know, it could go either way. But I, I would definitely say over for that. Like yeah, I'm I'm feeling fifty eight wins. Yeah, I mean it's not impossible. Like I you know, and I, I think 
you're gonna have to get somewhere close to that. You're gonna have to at least keep Milwaukee within like sight because mm-hmm. I think that that's probably another like sixty plus win team again. Like I just think regular season like you're not you're not dealing with Giannis on a night to night bay like. You're not playing. You're not like game planning for Giannis on a back to back. Like you're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take what we can get, I guess. But yeah, you you want to keep them within like striking range at least because I think home court advantage could be really really important. That I think you gotta get you gotta get the top two. You know, this year I, I think that's going to be very very important for the Sixers. Can we but, keep fanboying about Matisse Thybul? Yeah, I love it. What he he's just so dynamic in what this team was it's I think little, lacking last a year. Wrecking ball. Like he's just continually going out there, consistent defense. Like, Brett Brown knew. You say he's good people. He um, is great people's man. And I'm excited to watch him play because I think he's going to be an absolute force for this team defensively, running with that second unit. He's and got that smile. That smile, man. He's got the love of the game. It brightens my day. It does. He's he is a uh, his laugh is contagious. It is. He's a, he's a great human being, and that is awesome. And I'm like I'm so pumped for the Sixers. How do we feel about Zaire right now? Great. I feel I feel great. I feel great. Just got his uh, his third year uh, option picked mm-hmm. up. So hell yeah, load up. My longest hell boy. Hell yeah, boy ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's amazing. I like I again like that's number one thing I'm looking forward to most of the season is just Zaire and Matisse just absolutely torturing second units like. That's gonna be electric. I, I can't. I you know what's great too is you start the season with Boston. It's like, God, you just get you get like that first taste. There's mm-hmm. the first taste of like great rivalry. Like I hate Boston. Like it's gonna be a great matchup. Like you're gonna get really good test from the very first game. And hopefully we don't hopefully mess that up. But man, I'm I'm like so ready for NBA to be back because you know the the Phillies pissed me off. I can't think about baseball. I might never have. I I might never be able to watch baseball again <laughs> uh, after this month. Flyers are like turning into the Flyers again, which is tough. Oh, they're back. It's still October though. Yeah, so it can't be. They can't. No negativity. No negativity. I'm just saying. It's starting to turn. Yeah. You know, like the the apple was once red <laughs> is now very very bruised. Um, you know. With the Sixers, though, I think I think the biggest thing, like you said, though, Zaire and Matisse running that second unit, that on some teams could potentially be starters with, you know, them being so young, a lot of teams would be trying to force them out there. They're coming off the bench and getting bench burn, which is incredible for this team, and it just adds that extra layer of depth. Uh, I think the one thing Brett was talking about today was Shake Millen. He said that Shake knows that if he doesn't play defense, he's not going to play. I mean, I so... Some actual concerns about this team is uh, guard depth is not great, and I didn't I didn't like our decision to be like yeah Shake's ready, but Shake is not ready. <laughs> uh, like I uh, and I don't re- like I love Howell. Uh, come on, <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, listen, like Shake is just not very good. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry to burst everyone's, and I know we're getting like the youth movement now, and there's a lot of young guys, and it's very fun, but um. I did not like it. He's the a time. one-way player. I did not like at the time in in free agency us kind of delegating pretty much second minutes to him. Um, I don't like it now, and I don't see myself liking it in the future. And I think if you're looking way into February, I think that's going to be someone we're going to have to uh, have to address. But I don't know. That's that is one of my concerns going into this year's guard depth is again not great. Yeah, it was we'll weird. see what Trey Burke can do. You know, like we'll give him, we'll give him his turbo his, team. 
we'll give him his time. But I, it was weird what Brett said though. You know, he was talking about Shake and how he knows if he doesn't play defense, he's not going to play. But then he, you know, flipped in, talked about his offense, and said, uh, you know, during his time in San Antonio, he saw a lot of what Danny Green did is what Shake is doing right now, where he can come in off the bench cold and just spot up threes and just nail them. So I mean. Sure, you have that offense there, but that's essentially what you were getting from J.J. Redick the last three years where J.J. played little to no defense and it was a liability on the court late in games. Yeah, I, th- I think there's one thing about this team that, you know, outside, outside the guard depth and is, is a concern is offensively what this team is going to look like because we're very dependent on J.J. I love Josh Richardson. He's not J.J. Redick. There really is no other J.J. Redick in this league right now. Um, very unique player in terms of his just shooting ability. Like, he's he's amazing. And that's not a slight on Josh. And he does things that J.J. Like, he you can play him in the final two minutes, you know, just fine. So, I am – I'm not worried. I'm curious to see how this is going to be amended and dealt with because I, I don't think it's such a weakness that this is, like, oh, the Achilles heel. This is the fatal flaw. But I do think – you know, it's going to get exploited in matchups. But every year in the playoffs, which is really all I care about, like at this point, like regular season is fun. A lot of a lot of fun things happen. This team is built for the playoffs. That's the way I, I've always thought about the NBA. Like nothing in January matters. It's all it's all about May and June. Like that's that is where it matters. That is where your actual talent matters. That is where having like two to four of the top thirty players in the league matters. And if you can't find a way to score, if we don't, if Tobias doesn't regain some of that Clipper form, if Ben doesn't add whatever he's adding, if Joel can't stay healthy, that's that's where the concern is. But up until then, I think we're we're gravy. Like this is this is a team that's going to cruise this year. I think. I think the weakest link of this team that doesn't finish the season on the roster, Jonah Bolden. I'm kind of checked out. A little stinky. A little bit. A little stinky, you know. I, I don't be too hard on him because still his, his career still with the Sixers still feels so young. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, like his age is is this just Rashawn Holmes like two point Like this is this down under Rashawn <laughs> Outback Holmes? Like I don't Outback Holmes. I just think kind of know what Jonah Bolden is, and it's like it's not that great. But he also, he also doesn't need to be great. Right. So it's like, you know, whatever. Kind of let it go. But I I don't know. Yeah, I I think I, this team is weird because it feels great. And I look at this roster and I think, wow, I have literally never in my life have I seen this talented of a starting five with the Sixers in my lifetime that I've watched with my own eyes. However, there are big weaknesses in this team that I worry about. I know I just said I don't worry about them, but I do. Because I want this team to win. You always got to worry about them. But, you know, you, you like, the, it's almost similar to the Flyers with what we said, where it's like, you could tell me anything that happens with the Sixers team, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd believe it. Except it's a more positive angle. Like, you could tell me this team wins a championship. I'd be like, hell yeah, of course we can. You could tell me this team loses the second round. I'd be like, oh, you know what, that might happen. I hope it doesn't, but it could. Like, I, I, I think... The ceiling is there for this team, but like, the any number of things could go wrong still, and um, I I guess that's the case with every team. Like, it's not it's not fair to say that just about the Sixers, but we do feel more delicately balanced than some of the other contenders, 
and that's a worry. But it's still a super young team. Joel Embiid is still going to have another improvement on his season last year, which seems impossible, but it's going to happen. And we'll see what happens with Ben. Hopefully Tobias, like, regresses positively. Josh Richardson could still take a leap. Like, Horford, we've never had a player like him. Hell yeah, man. Like, sign me up. Like, I I think there's a lot to be positive about. Definitely. And uh, our Sixers season preview will come next week. We might start a little early because the tip-off's at 7. So we might uh, start the show a little early to get our, our season preview and predictions and stuff in on uh, next Wednesday. But our, our buddies at the Process Potables have been doing a, a little installment series on their podcast feed. Have had guests like Sixers Adam, very famous uh, Sixers Twitter personality, writes for Liberty Ballers, uh, Jimmy McCormick from ESPN, uh, with a bunch of other people too, just kind of breaking down this team. So make sure you check that out, just Process Potables, wherever you get your podcasts. They are part of our pod network. But Matt, you were talking about the Flyers. Is optimistic October dead yet? No. There's one loss on the record, which was bound to happen. Uh, they get back at it again tonight as the second part of a back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers. I'm I'm still optimistic. That Calgary game was brutal. Um, just you know, following along on Twitter and and seeing what was going on, they just they look kind of they look tired for you know what it's worth. They've been in three different time zones to start this season. And that loss was bound to happen. So I'm not, you know, overly upset with it. A lot of of Flyers Twitter has been, but when are they not upset? And uh, I think, you know, tonight's a a good opportunity for a bounce back night. I think this is a reasonable position to find yourself in, considering the start to the season. Like, I I, I don't think there's really anything to get upset about. Just, again, when you lay out the, the distance traveled and, you know, West Coast trips travel. West Coast trip is always a little difficult. Yeah, oceans traveled. <laughs> like that's, it's it, it. We like this is not a surprise because we knew that the start of the season was pretty brutal. And I, I think to find ourselves in the position that we do is like it's pretty good. Especially We're not if you, the Devils. Especially yeah. Especially if you can beat Edmonton tonight. Like that's you know three one and one to start the year. That's he would. I every single Flyers fan would have taken that. Yeah, if I don't you, even if remember the that. last time they started three one and one. Well, so. they they only had started two and zero during that that yeah run they had. So good to see so far. Optimistic October still in full effect. We still have about half a month left. So we'll see where we find ourselves uh, come Halloween. Uh, seems to be Gritty's favorite holiday, obviously. Yeah, but. Uh, Optimistic October is still in full effect, so use the hashtag. We should get that trending because the Flyers are playing well, and uh, they deserve some love. But uh, wrapping things up, our buddies, the Arkells, that do all of our our music for us, they're going on tour right now. They're in New York tonight, Uh, so if you have a chance to catch them on tour, I know they head to Canada towards the end of the month for a, a Canadian run. And I know we have a bunch of Canadian listeners. Shout too. out to Canada for embarrassing the U.S. men's national team last night. Very cool. I love Greg Berhalter, how much he hates my <laughs> mental health. Very nice. I love that the U.S. national team is just absolutely destroying themselves. That's my rant. Hate to see yeah, it. Shout out to Canada beating us for the first time since 1985. How cool is that? Is that Where great? Where born? How great is that? Yeah. But uh, our buddies, they're going on tour. Make sure if you're... In one of those cities or around them, go check them out. They put on a fantastic show each and every night. They're on stage, and, uh, you know, they support us, so you should go support them. But, uh, as always, show brought to you by Main Auto, LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, 
at underground PHI. Keep you up to date on everything going on in the Philly sports realm. Union kicking off the playoffs soon. Big time. Zing! Talk about a Philly team that isn't disappointing us. Big time. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm going to have to sit down and watch that game because it it hasn't happened often that the Union are in the playoffs and in the position they're in. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, see what they're able to do uh, in the playoffs. But uh, see what they're able to do. Dupe. Good one. Good one. We love the zingers. And uh, as always, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can stream us and follow us on iHeartRadio. And we're now on the TuneIn app. Yeah. Well, the, sun, Sunday is a crazy day because I, I have Liverpool, Manchester United in the morning, uh, Union in the afternoon, and then Eagles at night. So, uh, Full day of football. Both ways. Yeah. Literally, like... Those three games will unfortunately decide my mood for at least like the next four months. So <laughs> that's difficult for me to handle. We will uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on when the next show is. Uh, I will be at a wedding on Saturday, six hours away in Vermont. So uh, we'll either do the show Friday or I'll do the show uh, in Vermont. Or we'll do it when I get back and have like three shows next week. So we'll figure it out. But... Uh, that's why you got to follow us on Twitter at Underground PHI. We keep you up to date with all that good stuff. And then uh, make sure you check out our friends at Design Tree. It's hoodie season. Use that promo code H O O D I E S Z N at checkout. You get $15 off your purchase of $50 or more. That's hoodies, t shirts, all that good stuff over at Design Tree, D S G N Tree. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. So this has been episode number 176. For Matt, I'm Kyle. We will catch you guys again. Uh, this weekend and then hopefully next week talking about a big Eagles win over Dallas as we get set for the Sixers season as well and Sixers Saturday will make its full-blown return next week so for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia we are signing off peace